1: I will call upon you to do a service
0: for me. Play the Godfather, now at Champacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
2: Talk Sheen. Recorded <laughs> live. All right. Well, good evening. Thank you for coming to the chat tonight. <laughs> um, I know we've been having a lot of chats lately, but we have a lot of questions, <laughs> so I thought just having extra chats would help us to get through all these questions before the end of the school year, which we are on the um, the downhill slide to the finish. I mean, it's like, I can't believe this is the third semester already. It's like flown by. Um, I mean, people have been registering for graduation, and it's like, it's happening fast, <laughs> so um, everybody's doing so well I, I've i been swamped just swamped with um, the retreat and then going right into the um, uh, working with Annie and them for the, for the Ohio conference and then right on the heels of that was my um, Orlando conference I keep wanting to say October Orlando conference and then now I'm right away getting ready for North Dakota so I don't even know if I'm going to have time to make my little video montage you know I'll have to do a montage for all three conferences or whatever. So, but um, just in swamped. I was thinking it might be nice sometime to have one Sunday phone chat dedicated to just um, talking about what the school is like, and possibly inviting people. In other words, like maybe I could announce it on Facebook. I have to look into that, though, because, like, once they get, I'm not sure if once they get the number and the code, I, no, see, they'll always have it then and they can come on any time. So maybe they're not. Never mind. <laughs> I'm thinking out loud. <laughs> but it would be nice. I, I wish the, there was a way that we could share, you know, what the school is like for those that are interested in coming in. Um, a lady wrote the other day, she says, you can have a, a school online for dance. I just don't see how that can happen. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I think people need to hear, you know, what it's like and, and what people are experiencing and everything. Um, but I tell you what, this this little conference in Orlando at the dance studio was awesome. I mean, it was just awesome. There, it was um, several students there. But the best part, for me anyway, was the concert on Saturday afternoon when both directors from the school came and watched. One one of the directors helped the sound and the other one just came and watched just to support. And it was such a blessing having them there and to allow, to see God, you know, move in their lives and by... Watching Christian dances and watching dances that you know glorify God and and minister and you know and they they really wanted me to dance. I was exhausted. I mean, I'd been teaching for two days and I'd already done parts of eight dances over the course of the conference. I was exhausted, but one of the directors said, "Yeah, but we've never seen you dance." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my, okay." So I mustered up the last ounce of energy that I had, and I did. Um, I thought something that would bless them would be a choreographed piece that does minister as well. And, um, they were really blessed by that. And then after the concert, we got to pray for them. And so it was really exciting. Um, most people had left, but there was a group of us that were there and, um, we were able to pray and bless both the directors. And, um, so that was, that was, really encouraging and, a, and an exciting moment. And one of the directors anyway is really hungry for God. So we did some major seed planting that night, and that, was, that made it all worth it. So it's really exciting. But um, anyway, so um, let's go ahead and open up in prayer. But first, um, who do we have from Maryland? Would that be Don Atira? Yeah, it's Atira. Hi. 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 Welcome to the call. All righty. And um who's Connecticut? Marcy. Oh Marcy, that's right. Okay. I didn't <laughs> want to, I'm so tired. I didn't want to try to rack my brain and try to guess. <laughs> so Oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so exhausted. Um, and then New York, um, would that be Stephanie Clark?
3: It's Felicia.
2: Felicia. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Le- uh, okay, welcome, Felicia. Oh, all right. Yes, M M M. Where is she over here? Okay, Felicia's fallen. Okay, praise God. All right, well, let's get started because we've got a ton of questions again. <laughs> They're really good ones. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, before I go into these questions, I'll go into some of the questions that. Probably will go into the next folder because they came in just the other day. But you know, some people are asking about level three, and um, it's it's coming together in bits and pieces. Um, I post, pardon me. I posted, I think I only posted on level two, and maybe the alumni page. Um, it's kind of a tentative schedule, and you can do it in like a year, regular school months, like. Uh, you know, um, January 10th through October 24th, or I've made like a three-year track, so you could do the exact same modules over the course of three years. Um, So like you could do one module, you know, in two months, and you could take six months to do another module, and then you could take a whole year to do another module, or However you wanted to do it, but um, in order to get the level three certificate, you have to be completed with all three modules by October 21st, October 24th, after the third year that you will have registered. So, um, there are some pretty awesome courses. I guess the focus is prayer and movement, um, composition, deeper in composition, and... Um, <clears throat> you know, more activations, not so much research. There'll be two, well, four books altogether, I guess, the um, Transforming Journey book and the three leadership books. And um, possibly, uh, you know, I'm working out possibly with Amy Tang's um, Prayer Movement book or little DVD, I guess it is. Um, So, you know, we're kind of working on that possibly. And um, so then it's uh, a lot of, um, you know, more uploads and less, you know, writing and research. So, uh, but, and then it's a lot of practical things about, you know, going into ministry and, you know, like how to do the finances, how to set up a conference, um, you know, things like that. So um, more, more things that relate to ministry specifically. So um, it should be really good, really, um going a little deeper. And um, then I'm still trying to figure out whether, you know, I'd like, for, I'd like for everybody in Level 3 over the course of three years to come to three events. So you could do three events in one year. You could do two one year and one another year. But the events that I'm thinking of are, one, a dance room conference, two, one of the retreats, And three, um, coming to, you know, do an intensive at my studio here in Florida. So I'm toying with the idea of maybe either doing two out of three over the course of three years or doing all three. And um, so anyway, it's still kind of I'm working it out. It's just trying to find focused, concentrated time to be able to sit down and really write things. That's what's been tough. So... um, You know, I took a block of time and and put together that whole outline, you know, one afternoon. So uh, I just need more empty afternoons like that (laughs) where I can really just kind of put it together. So remember me in prayer for that. Um, You know, my goal is to try to have it done and ready by January 9th. But quite honestly, I'm not sure. I'm, you know, I'm dancing in the um, Christmas show at the um, studio possibly dancing in the Christmas show at our church and then um, also putting editing you know, two, possibly three new videos um, between November and January so, and you know, preparing for level one and two. So that time, though I'm not traveling, is my busiest time because I've got the most large projects that I do during that time frame. But um, anyway, so enough of me, enough of that. Um, we've got Ohio, that's probably Robin Noor. Is that Robin on the call?
4: Yes, this is Robin.
2: Hi, Robin. Welcome to the Hi. call. Hi. And North Georgia, that could be a number of people. Uh, is that Mary Kyoko from Georgia? Yes. Yes, Hi, Mary. Hi, Hi Mary. Hi. Hi, Mary. <laughs> Hi, Mary. Welcome to the call. All right, um, all right, so let's see. um how about I'm trying to find somebody who hasn't prayed yet. Um, Robin, have you
3: opened your closest in prayer before?
2: Robin, are you still there? Where'd she go? Oh,
3: yeah,
2: Robin, okay, how about um Tanya, have you opened your closest in prayer before? I know, now you're on mute. This is Robin. Oh, Robin, hey. I'm I'm unmuted. Oh, would you open us in prayer, please?
4: Sure, I'd be happy to. Okay. Okay. Um, Dear Lord, thank you so much for each and every one of these ladies tonight who can be here on the phone chat. Um, And thank you for an amazing weekend at the conference in Florida that Pastor Lynn just had. and I pray for uh, rest and complete recovery for her. And um, keep Pastor Lynn and all of us in Level 1 and 2 students strong and healthy and looking forward to the completion of this third semester and completion of the whole year. And be with those who have lost loved ones, who are sick or having surgery, and for anyone who is behind, or discouraged about completing courses this year. And please remind us, Lord, of, uh, to stay focused on you and to remind us all of the power and strength we can only get from you. We love you, Lord, and thank you for what you have done for each one of us. And keep um, prayers for Pastor Lynn and her focus on Level 3 and getting some time to, to work on that with her. And keep us in your care, Lord. In Jesus' name
2: we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. You. Um, that reminded me of uh, something pretty soon. Um, we'll probably be sending out an email, I guess, um, about uh, APs and see if any of you are interested in uh, keeping the same eight uh, mentee that you've had this year And as a mentee, if you'd like to keep the same AP that you had this year uh, for next year's school, should you go on to next year? And then we'll probably be asking those of you who would like to take on a new incoming Level 1 student um, now that you've kind of learned the ropes. And, you know, I've come to really appreciate this AP program because I'm and finally, after all these months, coming to the realization that I really can't watch all the videos and read all the information. I mean, it's just, I've, it's really kind of hard on me to not read them or watch them when I really, really want to, but things are just piling up, and I'm just coming to the realization that I just can't. And so um, this has just been a real tough process for me this year to come to that realization that I just can't read and watch every single one and um so I really really appreciate this AP program and um it was interesting at the Orlando conference to hear one of the she level one I guess she was a level one student yeah and she was just um raving about the AP program I was like wow okay good (laughs) so I was like okay it does work so um So pretty soon, I guess, we'll need you guys to respond to the email uh, asking if you'd like to keep your same mentee, and if you're the mentee, keep your same mentor, and um, all of you, if you'd like to take on a new um, incoming Level 1 student. And what I'd like to do is, like the first responders, (laughs) um, uh, because we already have some people signed up for school already. So I'd like to start assigning people early um, so they have the opportunity to get to know each other and they can, you know, start communication by email or whatever and um, start helping them know what to look for, even though they get an email that says, get familiar with the Dance Brand page, get familiar with the Dance Brand Facebook page, um, you know, practice doing uploads on Facebook, get familiar with Facebook. Uh, Even though I sent out an email to that effect, you know, I I find that once school actually starts, um, you know, people are still struggling with that or wanting to know how to do that and everything. So I thought the earlier people get going on it um, without handing anything in, the better. So uh, anyway, so be watching for that. Okay, enough of announcements. Let's get to questions. So I'm still working on some July questions. Uh, let's see. All right. We've got... All right. This is Dana Angel's question. Um, directions for the worship study and activation is that we read one chapter. From, this is for a level two. This is a level two assignment, by the way. So all of you in level one are getting a hint of what's to come. Um, so anyway, she says... Uh, directions for worship, study, and activation is that we read one chapter from the Worshiping Bride book and create an activation based on that chapter each month. We are allowed. Are we allowed to combine two chapters together? For example, worship and spiritual warfare and two in the same upload and or turn in for two months credit. Um, I I'd rather each month be turned in by itself, you know, in other words, um, now if you wanted to do Warfare 1 and 2 as one lesson or as one assignment, that's fine because I think there are more chapters than there are months to do chapters, so I mean you could do that, but I'd really rather see one assignment for one upload for one month and uh, not probably not combine them. I think it's just um, better for record-keeping that way if uh, they're sent in individually. um, All right. Now, um, here we go. This is Barbara Simpson's question. Recently, I attended a local workshop for dance ministry. The instructor used lots of ballet terminology. Thanks for dancing for him. I was very familiar with the terms she called out. When I'm teaching, should we use ballet, Christian hand sign, and the Hebrew word expression for each dance at the same time? Um, there's nothing written in stone about using any one particular um, group of, of words or, or terminology. You can use whatever you're comfortable with, um, whatever seems appropriate at the time, um, maybe a little bit here and a little bit there. So like uh, if you're doing a movement of throwing and extending flourishing hands um, and you're teaching that movement, you might want to say, oh, by the way, this is the Hebrew word yada, which means that extended uh, action of throwing flourishing hands, you know. So, or, um, you know, if you're doing an arabesque or something, you could say arabesque instead of, your leg up in the air. You know, I mean, it, it just depends on what, the, um, what it calls for or what you feel up to uh, uh, talking about. But I don't, you don't have to do them all at the same time if you don't want to. It just, it just kind of depends on, on uh, what you're doing at the time. Um, okay, this is Chandra Cherry's question. What are some creative ways to create an inexpensive but effective dance floor? I need to have something now in lieu of my professional floor that I may have to wait a while for. Yeah, those professional dance floors are very expensive. Oh, my gosh. I did research to find out, you know, for just a small area. And, I mean, they're thousands of dollars. They're really expensive. Um, But I've noticed in Lowe's, in the carpet department, they have these, oh, they're about either three foot by three foot or four foot by four foot. I have rubber mats, the kind you'd see like in a small gym in the weight, air, weight room area, and they look like puzzle pieces, and you, you know, just buy a certain number of squares and you piece them together. And that's a relatively inexpensive way to create a dance floor. Um, so one time, one time I actually saw Marley, a big roll of Marley flooring at a flea market. It was only like $100 for this entire roll of Marley. But I didn't have a place to put it. You know, I just didn't need it right then. But, boy, it was just such a bargain. Um, that's kind of rare. I doubt if you go to a flea market and find that nowadays. But, anyhow, um, anybody else have any ideas for a for an inexpensive dance floor? Well, let's go on to Donna Corbyn's question. Um, there's, a song, there's a song that's on your heart, and you want to use it in a dance presentation. You pray on it and visualize parts of it and practice and change the steps. Let me skip this over here. Um, practice and change the steps, even by props, but it never seems to look right. Would you continue to work on it, or would you put it on the shelf and ask the Lord if it's okay to revisit it in the future. Has anybody had that experience or would you like to share on that? How about, um, you guys are quiet tonight, I think once I start calling on you, it'll open you up <laughs> a little bit. Um, how about Valisha, have you had that experience where you maybe tried to dance and practice it and just didn't come together yet? <laughs> Felicia, are you still there? Maybe she's unmuting.
3: Is anybody there? Yes. We are there.
5: Okay.
2: Um, so the question is, um, she has a song that's on her heart. You want to use it in a dance presentation. You pray about it. You visualize parts of it. You practice it. Change the steps, even by props. But it never seems to look right. Would you continue to work on it, or would you put it on the shelf and ask the Lord if it's okay to revisit it in the future? Oh,
3: maybe, we'll be maybe you can get us started If she is not
6: there pastor Lynn, can i can I start yeah. please Go right <laughs> all right, um. Uh, there was a song that we were taught uh, by one of our praise and worship leaders who is from Cameroon and it was in French.
3: Uh-huh.
6: Uh, and that's what we were taught I think in March. And we worked on it um, March, uh, April, but whatever way we did it, because I think we did not understand the windings, and my children were not able to catch up the windings and the uh, uh, the steps were a little too fast for our for, mm-hmm. for So we just put it aside for a little while, and we just talked about it today. Mm-hmm. And we say we're going to revisit it again. So mm-hmm. although we have, I mean, we have done other things in between, and so I don't think there's anything wrong to hold it, and then when time is right, go back to it until it is perfect. Because I don't believe. In giving what is not, um, mm-hmm. not in perfection, but what is right, what I feel it is right. I feel that it is always going to give you your best in everything that you
2: do. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's good. Thank you. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with setting something aside and mm-hmm. asking the Lord if, you know, should we just postpone this and maybe come back to it at another time. And, you know, you never know. It may be... Um, another season that it would be perfect timing. It would be the perfect dance for that particular situation. So, um, yeah, it's it's just a question of, you know, hearing God's heart on it because sometimes, it, you know, it's like any test. You know, sometimes you have to press through a situation, you know, and other times it's like, okay, I need to just let this go for a while and set it on a shelf. So you have to be able to discern if it's okay, is this a, a time where it's supposed to press through, or is this a time where it's supposed put it on the shelf? And only God can tell you that. Um, you just have to kind of pray about it and, and get, you know, hear from the Spirit God he would just want you to do. Um, but there's the no- Yes, go ahead.
1: Actually, had that happen to me, this is mercy, um, I was at a dance team at my other church, and the dance team leader left. <laughs> and she goes, Okay, see here, this is yours and I'm like, Oh, great, thanks. So I did have this song that I was working on and I had pieces to it and everything and I brought it to the dance team and you know, we were praying about it and going over it and doing it and it was really wasn't really working well and we all everybody just stopped and we asked the Lord to show us what it was and each one of the dancers Gave a piece to the dance and it administered amazingly.
3: Wow! So everybody
1: worked in on that one. I had started it, but everybody else also said, "Well, what does this look like?" and "What does this look like?" and it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful piece that we did. So they they could go that way too.
2: Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, yeah. If we're stuck on it, you know, just ourselves, then maybe others can pitch in and you know have. It was doing really well. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, thank you. All right. This is um, Maddie. Now, a question. Does the clothing that we wear for presentations have to go with the song and or choreography of the dance? Um, who would like to answer that one? Um, so, the... the um, What you're wearing? No. Does the song and or does what you're wearing go have to go with the song and or the choreography of the dance? Pastor Lynn. Yes.
0: Yeah. I'll speak to that one. Okay. Um, This is Bobby. Uh, I do believe it does. I believe because you know when we're out there and we're ministering in the dance, what we wear does make a difference.
2: Yeah. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. You know if it's something. Like, uh, for example, we did a dance here, um, gosh, it wasn't that long ago, but anyway, to an old song called We Will Ride, based mm-hmm. on Revelations 19. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had whites on with gold belts. We had, you know, headband. I mean, it was white and pretty and sparkly, but it was very, there was a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the flowing of the skirts and the colors, they mean mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. And, and as you were asking the question, the picture that came to my mind was warfare. For example, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing warfare. I mean, like if I were, okay, so let me put it this way: if I was doing a dance, something really slowly and beautiful, and I was mm-hmm. in a black shirt and black pants, mm-hmm. right?
3: Uh,
0: you know, if I was watching that, I'd be like, "Excuse me, I'll get it." You're right, if
3: right.
0: If this person is wearing beautiful whites and has you know maybe scarf or overlay, and by the way, ladies, you're your costumes have been, I just love seeing them. They're so beautiful. But it makes a difference. I believe it makes a huge difference. It should mm-hmm. match what you're trying to portray. Um,
3: exactly.
0: You know, again, warfare, I was thinking like work camouflage. I'm working a dance in my head right now for a song, and I keep seeing the dancers, they may have a white pants on and a white shirt, but they have mm-hmm. a, a camouflage overlay.
2: Because it's kind of a warfare, it's a strong song, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. my two cents. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I would say. That's good. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's what I wrote back to her. Yeah, excellent. Um, let's see. Okay, this is Margaret Stark's question. What is the most difficult decision you had to make since starting your own dance ministry? Um. Would anybody like to share any difficult decisions that you've had to make in your dance ministry? How about how about Janine Durning? Have you? What is the most difficult decision you've had to make since starting your dance ministry?
7: Okay, um, I had a. I had a group of women. Um, that was my first meeting. and um, we were together for oh, about three, four years. And uh-huh. what what happened is the little kids started rising up, and they needed they needed um, they needed mentoring. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, I and see everything that I did was like. Um, it was like 30 minutes or an hour away.
3: Mm-hmm. So every
7: time we had to pra- had to practice, I had to drive.
3: And mm-hmm. they were all
7: there. They were all mm-hmm. there at the city. Sure. So I was the one that had to put out all the, the time to do that. Right. So, but I, I uh, and I had already been with them for like three, four years. And, and they actually, there was a woman that could have taken over she didn't. She didn't want to do it, and mm-hmm. so I had to. The Lord was leading me towards the kids.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: He was leading me to to begin to mentor the kids because I had like twenty kids oh. that were ready, and all mm-hmm. the all the, and they were coming from like four different churches, and and they were starting to. It was it was like it was like Lord, I, I just didn't know what I was going to. Mm -hmm. No, but as I prayed about it, he told me to lay the women down. And Mm -hmm. if they wanted to continue, then somebody would step in and take it.
3: Mm -hmm. Because
7: all of them had the leadership skills to do it.
2: Uh Sure. The
7: Lord didn't tell me. He didn't tell me who it was. But nobody Mm -hmm. took it.
2: Uh Uh-huh.
3: And so that's
7: what was hard. But one of the women, um, she decided, she came with me. She did. She came and helped me with the kids. So that Mm -hmm. was that was hard because I had to. It was like I had to put put to death. Not really put it to death, but I had to lay it down.
3: Sure, sure. Wow. Yeah, I bet that was. So when you make
7: a transition like that, sometimes it is really hard.
2: Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I think um. I, I totally get that in transition. Uh, when I was in Sarasota, Florida, for probably about 12 years, and I knew everybody in town that who danced, you know, and we were all kind of a close-knit group. And um, a lot of the, there's a lot of unity among the churches in the Tri-City area down there in Sarasota, Bradenton, Venice, and um, and they usually asked me to choreograph. Um, things for the big events and then of course I had my own dance team and all that and then when we moved away to northern Florida I was devastated I was just like I do not want to go but you know it was like we had to go and um, it was just really really hard to transition from being rooted I mean rooted and grounded and solid in that area for so many years and, and then to go to another whole city and start fresh it was that was the toughest thing that I had to do, I think, um, but you know it all worked out, um, so anybody else have a, a difficult well, i uh, i think
7: I think what's hard about that is you pour your whole being into leading other people
2: right exactly
7: you pour your right. whole it's like you pour your whole spirit
2: mm-hmm. you know
7: it, with you know god. God's allowing you to do that, and you're teaching people, and you're pulling on them, and you're believing them, and then them. But when it, when God wants you to move on, it's like, well, it's enlarging.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: <laughs> he enlarges you really a lot.
2: <laughs> yes, so. yes, exactly. Yeah. If I had just stayed at that team, I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, doing what yeah. I'm doing. So, you know, I was I was very content just having my little dance team and having my. Dances on, you know, dancing during Sunday service, and you know, having presentations here and there. But, yeah, but if I hadn't let go, I wouldn't have had to do what I'm doing now. So, um, okay, this is Joanne Yoshida's question. I'm in awe of those. Uh, oh, I'm so tired. Sorry. Um, I am in awe of those whose children, kids and up to teens, join them in their uploads. Oh, yeah, that's nice to see. Um, I would love to hold out hope that one day my daughter will join me or find her way to worship dance uh, with another group. At the moment, it's unheard of for her, though, of course, I continue to pray. Uh, For those who involve their families, husbands too, for that matter, did you have to do any coaxing or did your family members come in willingly from the start? If you have any tips on gently bringing in the family members to wanting to help out or any other stories to share about your family's involvement, please share. So would anybody like to share um, how you might have gotten your family involved in your ministry or in your uploads or um, anything like that?
0: Um I can share.
2: Okay. Uh, just
0: just recently, um I have a couple of my grand my my grandkids are uh let's see five, eight and ten. And um you know, over the years, I've made flags for my grandkids to use at home. My son is a worship leader, so they have family worship time at home. And it's nothing unusual for us to sit down with guitars and everybody just starts singing and praising and whatever. And so the kids have had flags since they could walk. Um, yeah. But on different weekends when I've had my grandkids, I've actually gone to dance practice with me. Uh-huh. And I don't have kids in, on my team. Um, I choose to do that because I don't have the patience. Um, I know my limitations. And, one of, and But with your own grandkids, it's a little easier. But I actually just brought the kids, and we had a time of worship. And we that's always been a part of our dance practices. Is, you know, 15, 20 minutes of just, you know, free worship. Just grab play scarves, whatever. Just get on your face. It doesn't matter. Just worship. Uh-huh. And my granddaughter picked, and I had never seen. She picked up a big set of these, a flag, and she was in the back corner of the, the sanctuary, and she was just, and oh my gosh! I turned around, and I, was, I mean, you could have knocked me over with a feather. The anointing was just all over her. It was like this, this, this glow, and everybody
3: just stopped
0: and watched her.
3: Wow. And yeah,
0: you know, I had never seen it before. You know, I mean, I it didn't, you know, whatever. Well, anyway, just that little bit of encouragement, just kind of having them there, not making a big deal out of it, and then having seen it, and she experienced it for herself. And she not only heard from me, but she heard from the other women on my team who she knows she's been around these people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're all encouraging her. And now she, she picked out her own set of flags. We ordered them. She actually did them in a parade in her town. Um, hmm. just a few weeks ago before they moved to Indiana. Uh, she marched out in front of us in the parade doing those flags. And it was just, I just had them for the weekend, you know. It was just very simple, no pressure, um,
3: no.
0: just had it just free-for-all, just worship.
3: And mm-hmm. uh, she
0: was the last kid I expected to step out like that, the last
3: one. That's awesome. <laughs>
0: You know, and now they're in Indiana, and I'm moving to Indiana, so I, the last question, I'm in that transition right now. And uh-huh. um, I'm excited. I can't wait to take her down to uh, Marion, where we were for the conference, You're and right, have yeah. her meet the folks down there because uh-huh. she's going to love it.
3: Hell yeah,
0: yeah nice. I've got it safe in motion. Yeah. So,
3: uh-huh. I, you
0: what? know, just keeping it simple. Just invite them just to come and hang out. It does you sure. know, I don't think it has to be anything real regimented or just a vitamin. Just let them be free. And I you know, like I said, when she saw that and then with that little bit of encouragement, she's she's off mm-hmm. and running. It's just
2: awesome. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. awesome. Oh, it's wonderful. That that's exciting. Um, has anybody else had experience involved? Bo- now, Marcy, I think you you had your husband in one of the uploads once and and uh, Robin had your husband in the pillow upload recently, and
1: yeah. Well,
2: yeah. So Marcy, why don't you share about how you got your husband to <laughs> help you in your video? <laughs>
1: well, I patted my big blue eyes and said, "Could you help me, please? I want uh. to." <laughs>
3: Well, there you okay, go. and he goes.
1: Ah, uh, no, I'm like, please. <laughs> he said, "Okay, sweetheart." I said, "I would support you, and I will do this with you." But I just asked him, you know, it's like I really want to have somebody with me, and it would be a blessing for you, for it to be you. And he said, "Okay." So Aww. you know, that's yeah, I just great. had my eyes and I, what I want. So, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> that's sweet. but <Aww. laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's just. You know, I think if you put it in the light of this would really be a blessing to me and for the other students to see that family is encouraging you to do the school and also help you with the uploads might Mm -hmm. even be be a good way to put it so that the family members will help. Sure. Yeah. No, that's good. All right,
2: here's one. Um, here's Sarah Lynn's question. Okay. Well, oh, she's having such a tough time over there. Um, she says, a well-meaning friend who is a fundamentalist Christian informs you that worship dance is part of the charismatic movement and that science, wonders, and prophecies have ceased. She is certain that you've been deceived and warns you to stop dancing immediately. What do you do? What's her heart. Oh, my gosh. I mean, who's She's got so many things coming against her over there. We need to remember Sarah in prayer. Um, She's a level two student for those of you who are level one. Um, But she just comes up against so much opposition. And her um, parents are even the pastors of the church. She fills in and preaches sometimes. I mean, so she's in leadership at the church, and she continually gets bombarded with... um, People who are against dancing. And it's just, its you really need to lift her up in prayer. Um, she encounters a lot more opposition than we do here in the States. Um, so she's in Taiwan, I think. Um, but yeah, they, they're just really not embracing it over there. So who would like to suggest what she would do if this? fundamentalist Christian informs her um to stop dancing and all that. What should how should she handle that? Would anybody like to comment? How about Tanya? Have um are you still there, Tanya? I know you might have to unmute. It'll take you a second to unmute.
5: Yes. Well um, I don't know Accept prayer and, and asking the Holy Spirit for wisdom and treating people with respect, but going ahead and doing what the words, you know, if she has the agreement of her, her parents, who are the pastors, right? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I would think perhaps she could talk to her parents and say, maybe even have them express to the congregation how they believe in it. And, you know, so
3: yeah.
5: the head makes so much difference as the head goes, so does the body, usually.
3: Because if God is telling
5: you to do this and the congregation is resistant, then the congregation needs to change or leave. Because if God wants to break out, you know, we've got to stand up and be strong. Who's going to stand up if we don't stand up? If we know God's telling us to do something, you know, we we need grace, we need respect, we need to do things the right way and just Uh trust the Holy Ghost. So that's my statement. on that.
2: Exactly. Yeah, that's that's something I was going to say, too, is, you know, if it comes from the leadership, if it comes from the head, then the body just kind of, okay, they accept it more than if it's not mentioned from the pulpit. But if something is mentioned from the pulpit, it's usually much more accepted in the congregation. Um, yeah. So, yeah, she should definitely talk to the parents. And I've always felt that way when... Um, dance teams have issues of other dance teams popping up within the church. And what quells that or nips it in the bud is if the pastor of the church announces to the entire congregation who the anointed, appointed dance leader is, and mm-hmm. to, if, you, if you have any interest in dance, please see so-and-so. She is the dance leader. Um, that kind of eliminates those problems from cropping up. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh,
5: also, uh, people fear what mm. they don't understand. So if they explained more about it, give a free workshop or or whatever. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we yeah. you invited here. Let us show you what it's about.
2: Exactly. So I think,
5: then I think
3: exactly.
2: that would help a lot too. Just, oh yeah, that's an excellent idea. Free free seminar, you know, and um, just to try to educate educate people so they have an understanding. That's great.
1: Um, Would, it be all right? Would Do you know if Sarah has taken your book, the point, Dancing Church, what's the point to her parents who are the pastors and having them read some of that out to the congregation in general so that they can get a hint of, yes, this is biblical and this is, you know, this is what David did and this is what brings unity in the church and more presence of God? hmm Yeah, that's so if right idea. it all.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know if she's done that, but that's a good idea. Um, and also, like my pastor used to take my dance, dance, dance book and read some of the Hebrew, Greek, and English words and definitions and everything and scriptures to our congregation um, every so many months. And to educate the congregation of why they have why why are all these dancers up front, you know? So when it came from him, the whole congregation was supportive of the dance team. So that was really nice. Um, yeah. But all right. Um, this is Christine Cavek's question. Since I've had issues with my shoulder slash rotator cuff muscles, I have learned that I have been using my arm and neck muscles rather than my back muscles when using streamers of legs. What I've had trouble with now is to know that I'm using my back muscles, how am I able to recognize the difference? Um, I wrote back to her and said, you know, like if you go to the gym and you do a lat pull down, like the machine where you're Um, pulling it, like your arms are up over your head and you're pulling down the bar that lifts the weights, that will engage the latissimus dorsi muscles, which are underneath the shoulder blades. So if you focus on using those muscles, or think about those muscles as you're doing it. Also by um, using your pinky finger on the flagpole, you know, putting pressure with your pinky finger That also, oddly enough, kind of engages, um, sometimes it will engage underneath the shoulder blades um, as opposed to just lifting from the neck and shoulders. Also, depressing your neck, uh, I mean, depressing your shoulders so that they don't rise up. Just be aware of if the shoulders are rising because we do that a lot, especially if we're tense. Or if we're, you know, trying to lift something high, we tend to lift our shoulders up. And so by consciously pushing the shoulders down, you know, then you're less likely to do that, you know, use other muscles. So, um, okay, this is Rosemary's question. Let's see. Uh this is not my question. This is a person that shared their problem. Oh, okay. So this is, um, this is a question that somebody asked Rosemary. Okay. So she said, um, this is the other person's question. Um, anyway, I'm a part of a dance ministry since three years ago. I am a female only 17 years old. I am not just part of it, but considered as one of the leaders. So the problem is my co-dancers were really looking up to me how I have been a Christian for so long and how deep my faith is. And I, encouraged them, <clears throat> I encouraged them, taught them, danced with them, and established a relationship with them. But lately I've been having trials which are getting to me, which I told them that I am trying to overcome it with God's help. And yesterday, before service start, started, I guess, uh, one of them started to confront me about how discouraging I was to the group. Well, that wasn't very godly. <laughs> that wasn't very nice. Um, because before, when I had problems, I purposely accepted work on Sunday and Saturday morning. I took a break because being part of that ministry can be draining if you don't have God's presence. Well, yes, okay, so she's saying that the person was uh, upset with her because she took some Sundays and Saturdays off, I guess. Um, she said that one of our members wants to quit partly because of me. They agreed that they should let me go because I was hindering the grace of the whole group. I was hurt because if I was in their shoes, instead of kicking me out, I would encourage them, and reach out to them. I can't see why I am hindering their growth. I am not God. I'm not perfect. And if they keep focusing their eyes on me, obviously they would be disappointed. Do you have any suggestions on how to solve this problem? I don't want to quit the ministry because I love what I'm doing. Wow. Okay, who, who would like to start with that, start tackling that?
3: Okay, let's see. Who have
2: we not heard from, Rosemary? Why um Can you comment on it? Maybe, maybe elaborate a little bit, and maybe offer suggestion you know, of what you might have done, or okay, would you like to speak to that a little bit, please?
8: Well, um, I know the situation, and uh-huh. and um, I think there's a little jealousy here mm. with this girl. And um, I think um, they see the potential in her or Mm -hmm. the anointing on her, so she's dealing with that part of it. Uh And she's also dealing with a lot of immaturity as Uh well and people that are not spiritually fruited as well. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to tell her to quit, but I was suggesting that maybe she could minister take a break from the dance ministry and still minister uh, in different locations and different places and, um, mm-hmm. and different events. And, um, you know, when she was not dealing with so many situations that's going on um, in her personal life,
3: mm-hmm. that she
8: could still continue to dance that way. Because I think between the two, the situation what's going on with her personal life and the ministry is just going to be too much for her. Because she's mm-hmm. only seventeen years old.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
8: And so I was suggesting to her to continue to keep on ministering and dance, and don't let nobody stop her from doing that. But maybe take a temporary break or sabbatical. Don't quit the team, but just let them know that you're still going to be part of the ministry team, but you're just going to take a break for right now and mm-hmm. come back at a later date. That was my suggestion to her.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it
8: it kind of sounds like,
2: um, one, she's kind of young to be taking on the responsibility of dance leader for a lot of adults, um, and two, it kind of sounded like in there somewhere that she wasn't making practices or something. I, I got that impression. Like, she purposely accepted work on Sundays so that she would miss Sunday, and I guess Saturday, maybe
8: they had practice. I don't know. but No, could... it didn't have to do with the practice. They minister like three times a week, Oh, like a Wednesday, Saturday, because they have a, like Saturday night service, Sunday, and Wednesday.
2: Oh, uh-huh.
8: And okay. so, so that's what the problem is. She didn't come to like the Saturday and Sunday. She might have done a Wednesday. or uh-huh. So it's like, well, we can't depend on you now. Are you going to show uh-huh. up? Right. Uh-huh. But when you know when you anybody that's got um and I know what the situation is going on with her, but when you know a person is going through something, you need to give them um that space and allow mm-hmm. them to whether it's a family crisis or whatever it is, you need to give mm-hmm. them that space. And they right. need to, and they need to um allow for that and they're not allowing for that.
3: Mm-hmm. And so
8: she's being torn.
2: Sure, sure. Yeah, but it just seems like a lot of responsibility for a seventeen-year-old, you know, or a lot of expectations placed upon a seventeen-year-old. So yeah, it's probably good to take that, you know, sabbatical. You know, not say, you know, and stay in love. You know, and um, nothing against you or anything, but got to, you know, take a break or step down for a little while. Um, you know. And yeah, and then come back when she feels like it's the right time. It just—it just sounds like it's too much for her. Um, yeah, no, that's good. I think what you said was good. Does anybody else have any other input they'd like to share? Okay. Well, no, I think that was good. What you—what you did. Um, it's just I can see why the people may be upset because they've grown to come they've come to know uh these practices and these um ministry times and and things like that so i can see where they might be a little frustrated with her if she doesn't keep up with it but at the same time they have to have compassion for somebody who's going through stuff so yeah it's good oh i'm so tired um Okay, this is Robin's question. How do you teach emotion to a dancer so they will express well when they dance? Um, I think um, one phone chat we had, must have been last year, I guess, um, somebody was saying that they had like a little, during their dance team practice time, they had a little um, uh, activation, if you will. And I think, if I'm remembering it right, maybe I'm thinking about, some of my own stuff mixed in with it, but have like an activation where you put different emotions on a piece of paper and everybody picks an emotion and then they have to try to think of a situation, you know, mentally, visually think of a situation in their lives that made them feel that way and then try to express on their face what they feel or what they felt during that time. And then, and then maybe play a song or a portion of a song that relates to that kind of emotion. Um, You know, if it's a joyful song, you know, think of a joyful moment and, um, you know, one of the happiest times in your life or something, and then play a joyful song and let them dance to that song for a few, you know, maybe for 30 seconds or something with that emotion on their face. Um, So sometimes people have to literally practice letting their faces show emotion. Um, some people um, just in general don't show a lot of emotion. Um, I find that when I travel all over the country to different, different regions of the country, um, every conference is a little bit different. You know, like I'll go to some conferences and the prophetic dance and the artistic ministry time – I mean, like almost everybody's crying and there are some of them be wailing and some would be shouting, some would be crawling on the floor. I mean, they just, you know, they're all in. And then I'll go to some places and I might do the exact same exercise and there's no expression whatsoever. They just kind of walk through and, but you'll, you'll talk to them and they say, oh, it moved. Moved incredibly by that ministry time, I was like, "You've got to be kidding! <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, I let notify your face, you know." <laughs> just kidding, but you know, it. So it's just the way people are raised. Sometimes they don't have, they, they don't have the. Um, I don't want to say capacity. They're just not used to showing expression, um, or you know, or, or demonstrating emotion and things like that. So, um, but. You can do some exercises, you know, just really fun little dramatic kind of exercises to uh, help people get in touch with those emotions and, you know, what do you think it would look like on your face if, if you felt that, you know, or think of an experience that you felt at, at one time and how do you think you would you would make your face look or how, how would you express that, you know, with your uh, facial expressions. So... Um, Anyway, that's a good question. Okay, this one is called chap 7. Okay, all right, this is Jacqueline's question, Jacqueline Robinson. Question, I, I know you have been dancing for a long time, so you have met a lot of people who felt like they were called to dance. What are some of the questions do you ask when someone comes and wants to be a part of the ministry? The reason why I'm asking is because I have talked with people who wanted to be in the ministry for the wrong reason um, yeah, that 's a good good valid question um, it, you know I would ask people why they 're here you know what are they interested in what is their heart how what is your what is your heart for dance or for dance ministry um, how long have you been in the church? how long have you been you know closely associated with the church and regular attendance um, you know, how do you feel about um, you know being on time? How do you feel about um, coming to practice faithfully and regularly? Um, you know, things like that. Um, but primarily, you want to hear their heart. Um, and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're if you're asking them, well, how do you feel about dance ministry? Um, why do you want to be in it? Do you feel like you're called to dance? Why do you feel like you, you're called to dance? Um, what what have you noticed about yourself that um, makes you know or feel that you're called to dance? Things like that. So if you start probing a little bit, you know, gently asking some questions, you know, their heart will be exposed. They'll, you know, share out of the abundance of their heart, their mouth will speak, and then you'll be able to know if they're really, truly ready for it and for the right reasons. Um, And if they're there for the right reasons, well, praise God, you embrace them with open arms to come and join the ministry, but if they're not, and they're just there to have fun and show off and perform and dance, you know, with no heart for ministry or heart for God or anything like that, then you might want to, you know, ask them to maybe, you know, rethink that, you know, (laughs) rethink, are you sure you want to do this because, you know, and maybe have them come to practice times for a while and join in with the worship and ministry times in your practice, but, you know, maybe the new person shouldn't actually present a dance on a, in front of the platform or dance in front of the congregation and pray some worship until they've, you know, gone through the probationary period. Also, I don't think I would want somebody on the team who hasn't been really involved in the church and um, you, you know, who's familiar with, who the leadership of the church is familiar with and that kind of thing, for probably, I would say, six months. I mean, I, I really believe that they should be intricately involved in the church, um, you know, for a while so that so that their dancing and their heart reflects the heart of the, of the church as well. Um, you wouldn't want somebody who doesn't care anything about the church, um, who doesn't know the leadership, is not there doesn't support the leadership, to be up in front dancing just to show off because, you know, it'll come across, it won't, it won't, um, one, it won't bring glory to God, and then two, it won't support the church or the ministry, so, um, anyway, yeah, so I would just ask some good heartfelt questions and listen to their hearts. Okay, this is, um, Janine's question, um, in our assignments coming up, there is a DVD for creative worship. Do we read the book at the same time of doing the DVD, or is this to be done at a later date? The same thing with prophetic worship, well, it's probably prophetic dance and the prophetic dance book. Um, no, I think they're in different, different places in the assignment page. It would be nice to read them at the same time, but I think that they're not, in the same little section. You know, the DVD is not in the same little section as the book. Um, It seems I did that at the beginning of the year with, I think, the Dance, Dance, Dance book and the Dance, Dance, Dance DVD. But for some reason, I think I moved the Creative Worship book, um, and I I think I needed to fill a space to even everything out. And so I probably had them together initially, but then I scooted it over to kind of fill in a space. So, I mean, you're more than welcome to read it at the same time that you watch the DVD and everything, but um, I think if you look on the assignment page, maybe further on, you'll probably see the book or the DVD. I mean, the, the books associated with those DVDs. So, um, if, if it's not on the assignment page together, then that means it's somewhere else. The only DVD that I forgot <laughs> to actually put in the school is the Ballet 3. I can't believe I forgot to put it in there. I don't know what happened there, but you know, so all the subjects are in the school um, information page. Uh, some of them are divided up, level one and level two. So, um, but they're all there. So, it's just they're there at a different time. But you're welcome to read them at the same time and read and watch at the same time. That'd be helpful, actually. All right. Um, This is Jacqueline's question. Um, Hi, Pastor Lee. My question for June is, how do you make people understand that the flags are another part of the worship? (laughs) Okay, how do you make people understand that the flags are another part of the worship ministry? I have been in my church for 30 years, and I have been a part of the banner ministry for about 16-plus years. Some people do not have respect for the banner. They will come where we are at and push past the banners to go and sit down with a friend or to get close to the front. We're not in the way. We are down in the front with the worship team, even though they are on the stage and we are on the floor. Is this our worship pastor's issue? Um, So I guess she's saying that people don't respect the flags or see the flags as part of, um, the ministry time or as part of the worship. <clears throat> so, um, she, she wants to, for people to understand and see that it is part of the worship experience. So, um, yeah, I would say that the pastor, the worship leader would, would best, you know, say a couple words, you know, Hey, you know, come, uh, worship with us and, um, you know, the flags are an integral part of the worship and, you know, they're, they have special meaning. Maybe he can even share, you know, some scriptures like newsfire, or, or something that um, has to do with, you know. So like we said earlier, if something comes down from the head, it has power, <laughs> it has recognition. Um, so if the pastor or the worship leader could, say something about that, um, it would probably lend credibility to the flag waving. Um, So, yeah, it's too bad they don't respect that. Um,
3: Okay.
2: Uh, Let's see. Oh, this is Lisa Marshall's question. When choreographing a dance, do you need to have a movement to every word in the song? No. (laughs) That's called Mickey Mouse the music. And... um, Mickey Mouse in the music is doing a movement for every single word, and what happens when somebody does that? It becomes very kind of busy looking, and it's almost um, like too busy. It's like a little too much. Um, so pauses in a dance are good sometimes. Um, moving, you know, four counts through sixteen words, let's say, is is nice. Um, you can move quickly through several words, Um, you can change the dynamics and change your physical, the tempo that you move to, um, no matter what the tempo of the music is, Um, and, but, or you might want to express every other word or every so many words, Um, you know, and then the other words, if you will, just do it. A fluid movement that maybe doesn't necessarily, you know, like and in the, you don't have to try to make a movement for and in the. You might just wave your hand and there it is, you know. So, um, I mean, that's oversimplified, but, you know, it's, it would be very busy to do uh, a movement to every single word, and I would not recommend that. That's a good question. Um, all right. This is. So Marshall's question. What do you do when the dancer comes and tell you this is what we should dance to? Um, this is familiar. Um, chat four. I think we already talked about that. I don't know why it's there. Um, oh, it's a four word. Well, anyway, um, she was... I think we discussed this before. What? Uh, it's oh, like okay. what? Okay, it sounds like somebody was commenting. They're probably talking to somebody else. Um, what do you do when a dancer comes and tells you that this is what we should dance to? I think what she's saying is that somebody on the team really likes a particular song, and they want to suggest that oh, this would be a great song to dance to, but they probably approached her in a more demanding way, probably not meaning to, um, but was just excited about this certain song. So um, I would just, you know, take the song and listen to it or write it down or whatever and um, say, well, let me, I'll, I'll take a listen to that and I'll pray about it. Um, obviously you're very excited about this dance or the song. So um, I'll, I'll definitely take it to heart and take it to prayer and, um, you know, let you know. Uh, and then, I mean, you may, it may be a great song. It may be the right one to do. And, you know, after prayer and speaking to the Lord, you know, you may find out that, wow, that is a good song. We can do that. Or you may have to delicately say, well, you know, it's a, it's a lovely song, and I appreciate your concern or your suggestion. But we um, may want to, you know, just sit on the shelf for a little while and see when the Lord may want it. And the Lord will give you the words to say. Um, okay, here's another one of Lisa's questions. Um, when would you combine your dance team if you have different age groups? Uh, she must mean, when, when would you combine your dance team if you have different age groups? Um, maybe what she means is when would you divide your dance team up if you have different age groups? I think that might be what she means. Um, so... I think we talked about this before. Also, is um, you definitely want the young children to be separate from like teenagers or even preteens because their their um, motor skills, their uh, attention span, um, just everything about them needs to be in something geared for their physical ability and uh, mental capacity and all, all that I mean there's just there's vast differences in development in the different ages um, it's a nice idea to have an adult team ages 18 and up and a teenage team ages like 13 to 17 something like that and then you know so dividing the, them up into different age groups if there's enough people to warrant that, it's really a good thing you can get so much more done with that if you have enough qualified leaders um, people who are you know, who are qualified to do that. Um, I'm going to find a question that you guys can answer so I'm going to drink a water. Um, this is Marie Gaspard's question. Uh, in many of the studies, you have always reinforced the need to keep our eyes on the Lord, not on the movement. How can it be done when you are following the movement of the leader while trying not to miss any of the steps? Um, you know, you can worship with your eyes open, And you can enter into the spirit with your eyes open. And the first time I came to that realization, I was like, no way. Really? I thought you had to close your eyes to worship, you know? (laughs) And, um, but, you know, I do that a lot now. I can worship with my eyes open. So you you can be in the spirit, but you can also be aware of your surroundings. It can be done. It just, you just need to, to do it. Just try it. Um, just really enter into God's presence, worship, and, um, and still follow along. And it's amazing how you can be in the flow of the spirit and still follow somebody in movement. I've done that many times. We've, we've had people, you know, visitors come to our church, and we've done, and, or like the students, you know, a lot of them are students, and we've done north, south, east, and west. We've done group shapes. We've done, you know, mirroring and echoing. We've done all the things in creative worship, And but we're still in an attitude of worship. We're still able to enter into God's presence. And I can't tell you how to do it. it you, just, you just have to do it with your main focus being on the Lord. And um, then, you know, following along will be easy, as long as the person leading makes the steps easy enough. (laughs) So that's another another thing. You don't want to have real complicated steps if you're, you know, in worship um, unless it's choreographed. Okay. Um, Let's see. Would you, this is another of Marie's questions. Would you recommend a play of cleansing, fasting, and praying prior to delivering a ministry piece? Recommend a way of cleansing, fasting.
3: Hmm.
2: Well, I guess she's just asking if it's a good idea to do uh, cleansing, fasting, and praying prior to delivering a ministry piece. Well, definitely praying and cleansing is great. Fasting, I'd be careful of. I think we talked about that before. Um, <clears throat> if you're a leader, you, you need to be careful how you call a fast, if at all because, you know, so many people have different different health issues. Everybody's on different diets. Um, so, you know, you might want to just be careful how you say fasting. Um, if I've ever done that, I've always said fast as the Lord leads you. Um, you know, ask the Lord how you could fast. Ask the Lord what you could give up. Um, So the idea is to draw closer to God, you know, giving up, you know, something that's, you know, creature comfort or, you know, something that makes you, you know, really comfortable and satisfied and all that. You you kind of set aside something so that you can, you know, draw closer to the Lord. And um, so, uh, yes, all those are great ideas. I would just be careful about how you say or call a fast. Um, be mindful of how it's expressed. Um, okay, here's one Robin Norris question Would you consider writing a book or doing a DVD about music for praise and worship dance? The how to's and do's and don'ts and experiences for us to learn from? Um, I've never considered doing a book or DVD about that, but um, I, you know, I, hmm. That's kind of an interesting thought. The how to's and the do's and don'ts of finding music. Huh. That's not that's not a bad idea. Maybe a guide, you know, some kind of a a PDF guide, you know, to finding music. That would be a nice, um that's a nice level three assignment. Um <laughs> writing a paper about how how to find music or where to where to get music and, you know, how to do it and do's and don'ts and things. Like, for example, if you're doing a solo and you're not highly skilled, you'd want to pick a short song, you know, to, um, to keep the audience's attention and whatnot. Um, but that's a,
5: it's a good idea.
2: Um, okay. I've got to find a discussion question. Okay, this is Maribel's question. How uh, do you explain to a dance team without giving too much information... other words, respecting people's privacy, the reasons why a team member is consistently absent or put on limited exercise due to health issues. Okay, Mm -hmm. how about, let's hear from one of you. Um, So she says, how do you explain to a dance team without giving too much information the reasons why a certain team member is constantly absent or put on limited exercise due to health issues, but without exposing the health issues? Um, so who would like to talk about that a little bit <clears throat> all right,
3: that's pretty okay
2: uh, um, how about it, Tira? We haven't heard from you tonight um can you hear me? yes, uh-huh. go
7: ahead, yeah, I think if I understand um, the question cor- um, correctly if if someone is having health issues and and don't want like like the whole team to to like know about it and mm-hmm. speak so privately to the dance leader, um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't try to explain that to the dance team. I would just say when we went into dance um. First, if I was a dance leader to go into dance, I'm taking consideration of what this person could do to make sure I choreograph appropriately for him or her. But if it's a matter of exercise like doing, I would just say do the best to your ability. Mm-hmm. Um without um opening up for discussion with the whole dance team on if somebody's having a personal
2: issue. Mhm. With exercising. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um yeah. Or okay. Anybody else?
0: Somebody else? Um, I I was just thinking about that too. As far as say that person's missing a lot of practices and so on, and of course you know people are like, well, where's Susie? Why isn't she here? I would right. treat it just like I would any other prayer request for somebody. Mm-hmm.
8: Uh, mm-hmm.
0: You know, there, we, there's always something going on. Somebody needs prayer. We don't need all oh. the details because he's the Lord's already got him. But, I mean, I would just say, just treat it like I would any other prayer request, is, Uh you know, there's some things going on. Susie's having some things going on, and we're just going to pray for her, God knows, and move on, not even make a big deal out of it. Right. And, you know, and I guess if, if somebody has a huge issue with it, they would have to come talk to me about it. You know what I'm, you know, if they were like, wow, gee, you know, Susie's not here every week, and I'm here, and, you know, then they would have to come talk to me directly but like I said, I would just treat it as I would any other personal prayer request.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or or even ask them to ask the person. You know, it's like, well right. I I really can't say you probably you know, you could talk with her about it, you know, or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. no, that's good. Um, all right, this is Patricia Dyer's question, well, Spin Dyer's question. I am planning a worship conference at my church and wanted to know if it is encouraged for Dancing for Him family to come out and support each other in non-Dancing for Him events. Of course. (laughs) Can we reach out to them and ask them to minister at an event we might be teaching? Of course. (laughs) I don't see why not. Um, Yeah, definitely support and encourage one another in each other's events. I would say definitely. Yeah, that would be a, a definite... Um, All right, this is uh, Robin Norris' question. Looks like I wrote this. Oh, it's okay. All right, when and how did expressive signing begin and who pioneered or started it? Um, The first time I ever saw it was on TBN on, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, She's kind of country. I think she's kind of from Nashville. Um, She has the RAMP. A, a big, big youth youth outreach. Uh, Rick Pino started playing there. Um, oh, I can see her, and I just I can't think of her name. Because of the W, I think. Um, anyway, I think I think she started it, um, and that was only back in the nineties. Um, so I saw them perform once on. Benny Hinn's stage, uh, and it was just beautiful. It was really small. It wasn't like a big choreographed dance or anything. Um, it was just like a line of teenagers all doing the same arm movements, and they were just making their sign language a little bit bigger, kind of like expressive sign. But it was really beautiful. Um, I mean, it wasn't like a choreographed dance with sign language. It was, it was just sign language made bigger with a lot of youth doing it to a live song. And um, that's where I got my inspiration, you know, and I asked the Lord to show me choreography, you know, show me dances for it and everything and, and more signs and more expressions and, you know, more dance moves to it, you know, as opposed to just the signing. But, um, oh, her name will come to me. I know it. Um, oh, I can't think of it. I think she's from Nashville area, Tennessee. Um, they have the, the youth program called The Ramp, and it just took off in the 90s. It was just really popular. Um, and she's a singer. She sings Christian, I think, kind of country-ish. Um, oh, I can't remember her name. But anyway, I think that's where it began. I, at least that was my first sighting. <laughs> that was the first time I ever saw it. So um, it's a good question. All right. This is Ruth Braun's question. As a leader, it's easy to have a handle on an appropriate dress code when working with a group on a presentation or even on a worship team. But it's harder to influence individuals to dance freely on Sunday morning worship. Any suggestions? Um, Does anybody have any suggestions on what to do about the free worshiper who's not a part of the team who dances on Sunday and wears the the regular short church dress (laughs) or something? or short shorts and a short t-shirt or something. Um, is it the dance leader's responsibility to talk to that person about what they're wearing? Um, or do you let it go? Or how do you say what, they sh- what should be appropriate um, without embarrassing or hurting her or anything like that? Anybody have any suggestions?
3: In All right.
8: Pastor Lynn, can you repeat that again?
2: Yes. Um, she's, she's asking, um, she's saying it's easy to talk to your dance team about what to wear during praise and worship or during a presentation, but what do you do when there's that certain someone in the congregation who's not a part of the team, but they love to just dance, dance around the church on Sunday, and they wear whatever they want? and it may not always be appropriate, you know, for dancing. Because, like, if they raise their arms and they have a short shirt and their belly's showing, you know, so, so is it the dance leader's responsibility to say something? And if so, what should you say? Or should it come from a pamphlet or the pulpit? Or, or how do you handle that free that dancer who's not <laughs> part of the group? If
8: it was me personally... Mm-hmm. I think I would uh, bring it to the pastor's attention. I don't think I would. Me, I don't think I would touch it.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I agree with
8: Rosemary. I think I would uh, go to the pastor and let the pastor know what is the appropriate dress. Because I always use if you can bow forward <laughs> or pull your arms overhead, and if anything mm-hmm. is showing, and you're not dressed appropriately in that top. And right. and the same thing with the skirt or, you know, dress or whatever, you and you raise your arms up and you can see the slip or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to offend the person and you don't want to put them off from uh, want to express themselves, um, right. you know, for <laughs> the Lord. But they should know they There's decent in order. It'd be the same thing if the pastor is preaching the word. You're not just going to get up and start singing while he's preaching. Right. So, uh-huh. so I think it should come from the pastor or some from the leadership to approach it some uh-huh. kind of way, and and with some diplomacy, because you don't you do want this person to continue to want to worship. Exactly.
2: That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, maybe even the pastor's wife could lovingly go over to her and say something, you
4: know. we've had that situation before, and that's Mm -hmm. exactly what they do is the pastor's wife Mm -hmm. has asked somebody like when they were in a group together doing, even in Mm -hmm. not dancing, but, you know, they came with a low-cut top or something and said, you know, could you go put a T-shirt on over that and explain why or whatever. And Mm -hmm. Pastor Bruce, he... Puts it in the bulletin every summer, all summer long. What appropriate dress and what not to wear. You know, Mm. please don't Mm -hmm. wear like short shorts or Mm -hmm. uh, short tops and different things during the summertime.
3: You know, and then that
4: way, kind of everybody knows ahead how he feels about it. You Mm -hmm. know, and sort of the guidelines and so forth. But um, also, the pastor's wife has done that before too. Mm -hmm. You know, just Mm -hmm. explain it to him or uh people who should know or people who are new to the church and and mm-hmm. just don't really understand that.
2: Right. Oh that's that's good. I like the idea of putting it in the bulletin too. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody's aware of that. So that's that's nice. Um okay. Let's see, we've got this is Robin's question. <laughs> um when, how oh, that was the same one. Just uh, I must put it in there twice. Okay. Um, now we'll go to Roberta's, Bobby's question. Um, let's see. I don't figure. Hold on,
1: Pastor Lynn. Before you do that, is Winona Judd the name you were trying to figure out? Oh, who? Winona Judd, who did the, the country singer? Um,
2: that that is a name that crossed my mind, but that's. That's not her. Um, okay, thank sorry. Th- thank you, though. That's not, it does thank to you. More. My husband
1: does country really well, so we're coming up with names for you. Sorry. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
2: oh, dear. Um, yeah, I know she's, she's younger than Manona Judd. Um, she, you know, she works with youth. She's younger. I think she's blonde. Uh, either that her? strawberry blonde, reddish hair. I, I can't think of it. What? I'll probably think of it when I lay down to go to sleep tonight or something. You know? When
1: you get it, make sure you put it out on Facebook, okay? <laughs> oh, really? oh, my gosh.
2: I know, now I'm just really curious. I should look up the ramp totally or something. Too. <laughs> yeah, I have to look up the ramp and see. Anyway, all right, this is Bobby's question. I see that we are now moving into some flag and banner teachings. I would like to know what Pastor Lynn and fellow students think about anyone and everyone using flags during church services. My church pulled flags several years ago because it was thought to be antiquated um, by some of our 20-somethings. Oh, (laughs) Um, also the issue of people getting hurt by waving flags, yeah. Um, I have come to a personal belief that flags and banners should be left to trained and anointed standard bearers only. I'm very interested to hear others' thoughts. Well, y'all go ahead and start first. What do you think on that? That's a very good question. Um how about Janine? We haven't who who else haven't we heard from? Let's see. I think we've heard from everybody at least once. Um how about Janine? What do you what are your thoughts on that? Now it'll take you a second to get off. The um meeting.
7: the Lord uh actually actually our pastor, um, he had me go ahead and give a teach about it. From the pulpit. Oh
3: wow!
7: And so then, um, so, so there are times when I when the whole church is up there, and they they all have flags,
3: mm-hmm.
7: and so and we just spread out, and we always just tell them when you have the flag in your hand, you're responsible for not hitting somebody.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: Lady that the lady that hands them out, um, she's very good about. About telling people what to do and what not to do, but she'll she'll always tell them: make sure you don't hit anybody, make sure you have enough room just to wave it, and they all just wave it very gently.
3: Mm -hmm. Now,
7: then, if if something else happens, then we just I usually pick those that have a little bit more um, training Mm -hmm. to come forward, and and of course, then. And then the dance team is totally separate. But but the whole body really, they, they should have it be, be taught from the pulpit and right. and make them be part of it, activate them, just like as you said, activate them so that they understand about it mm-hmm. and teach them about it. Right. Teach them the power because I'm telling you, when everybody is taking part in it, and it, we don't have a very large church, but... If you can imagine 15, 20, or 30 people all waving a flag very gently,
3: the mm-hmm. power
7: of the Lord comes so strongly, yeah. It it is just, because everybody's mind is focused on worshiping the Lord.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. And that's
7: all they're doing, is yeah. worshiping the Lord. Yeah.
2: It is powerful. Yeah. No, that's good. Um. Oh, and also the teaching would help the twenty-somethings understand why it's being done. You know, i mean you mean—can't wave flags on your iPhone. Um, you know, it's—it's it's like if they have an understanding of it, they might have an appreciation for it. So, um, and maybe having a little—a little workshop, you know, sometime invite. Of course, then the twenty-somethings probably wouldn't come and say, "Oh, well, that's you know, that's not for us." Yeah, you know, but if they could teach it from the pulpit, that would be awesome. Even if it was just a mini teaching, you know, like ten ten minutes or something, just to express the importance of it or something, that would be really nice. Um, that would be awesome. Would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, just a,
0: just since I asked that question, I'll just kind of interject here for just a moment. Sure.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Um, you know. When that happened, it happened five years ago, it was really it, it almost split our church. There was a lot of stuff going on at that time and we now have a new pastor and unfortunately, I just recently went and sat down with my new pastor and, and part of the, I think part of it is the fact that I'm leaving, so whatever it doesn't matter what I think. <laughs> but um, they're still very much I'm not you know the idea still just does not fit well. Um, it's more about what are people going to think and the people coming in off the street kind of right. attitude. And that's why uh-huh. I kind of have approached it the way that I have with, uh-huh. you know, people that are trained because, I mean, I'm very strong. we right. need to learn how to do this because of faith. But yeah. I think, you know, you guys are right. You nailed it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's teaching and, and what I've learned in my church is that if, what I was told basically if our pastors have a passion for something, it'll happen. If they don't have a passion for it or they don't understand it, it's probably not going to happen.
3: Right. And
0: so, you know, that's where it's at. But, you know, I, I just, yeah, it, huh. anyway, so
3: mm-hmm.
2: go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But um, like our church, the flag team is off to one side. So there's like a, an entire section on the side of the church dedicated just to the flags flag, well and dance. There's only two of us that really dance but um but this whole section is devoted to it. And it it's not a distraction at all from the service because we're off to the side. But most churches don't have that little alcove, you know, on the side. And um a lot of you know churches will see it, you know, as they're uh, worshiping the flags have to be right up front. Um so yeah, but anyway, okay, um, let's see, which time is it? Oh, 30. Okay. Um, when okay. This is Linda Palmer's question. When I'm in a church service and not on dance team, but free to worship and dance, the last thing I want to be thinking about is my attire. Oh, interesting. I'm just talking about this. Um, I don't want to be drawing attention to my body in any way. I've drawn up a simple garment that would be similar to a choir robe, but much lighter in fabric. This would have simple Velcro fasteners and the garment would easily drape around over regular clothes. What a great idea. It would basically um, cover the body, arms, and the knee length or longer. These could be made in different matching colors and made available to anyone who wanted to participate freely in worship. Well, there's a solution. <laughs> wow, that's a great idea. Um, in fact, Annie Uh, one time uh, had a question. I don't know if all of you know Annie, but she was um, was one of the first year students. uh, Graduated in 2012, I think. Um, But anyway, uh, when they have that issue in their church, um, she gently brings them upstairs and gives them a garment to put on, you know, to put on over top of their shirt or something like that, you know, whatever the situation is. But anyway, her question is, um, has anyone thought of this before or seen it done? I'm not talking about a dance team, just dancers in general in the service. Um, well, like I said, I just saw um, or heard Annie do that, you know, in their church. they uh, Not specific garments like she said. They They would hand them like a regular dance garment top or something, you know, or if they were wearing short shorts or something, she would hand them a skirt, you know, or something like that to put on. Um, but I love that idea of making robe type garments that, you know, will allow somebody to dance freely. Has anybody else heard of that? This is she was asking if anybody's heard. Um Catherine. Uh, yeah. This
3: is
7: Janine. I, I know uh-huh. I have some friends that um they're lady pastors and they have they do that also. But but at the same time, really, that needs to be approved by the pastor.
3: Oh, yeah. Because
7: the pastor might not want that.
3: Hmm. I know mm-hmm. that sounds
7: crazy, because, but I've been in two churches now where I have asked if I could do that, and they mm-hmm. said, absolutely not. So I'm like, okay. So I just immediately oh. laid it down.
2: Interesting. I wonder... Yeah,
7: I immediately laid it down, and and, and so then I'm like, okay. so But I said, but at the same time, I said, when I'm doing the presentation, um, I was asking for permission
3: to mm-hmm. to
7: dress them the way I felt was appropriate. And they said, absolutely, yes.
3: Hmm.
7: So it had to do with, I don't know what it had to do with, but they, they felt like it would take their freedom away, I guess. I don't know. It, it really has to do with the pastor. I want the yeah. mixture
2: food. Interesting. Wow. I would I would think that they would want people to be able to dance freely and be modest while doing it. You know, I, maybe they feel like it would hinder their freedom or something. I
7: I don't know, but I was just, like, shocked.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, I know I was
7: shocked, and I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> no, oh my. you just can't do anything. You know, you can't really do anything. So right. It, exactly. They submit it stays submitted to your pastor.
2: Of course. Yeah. You always go by whatever the leadership wants. You know, but it's just—it's kind of puzzling. You know, <laughs> I'm just kind of wondering. But okay. Wow. Yeah. That's that's good. Okay. Um. All right. This is Maribel's question. Uh, how can one approach a dance team member who is constantly going on getaways and? Events? Absences from practice and worship service. Oh, uh, somebody who's always absent. Um, how would you handle somebody who's absent a lot from not always uh, there for practice or the worship service? Um, Tanya, are you still there? Let's see. No, I don't see Texas. I think she had to go somewhere tonight. Um, let's see. Uh How about Mary, Kyoko, are you still with us? Yes, I am. Yeah. How would you um, handle uh, somebody who's absent a lot from practice and worship service?
6: Uh, In my team, we have a ground rule that uh, everybody signs uh, on the paper that they sign when they are joining their children or Mm
3: -hmm. if,
6: if you miss three days consecutive
3: without
6: uh, uh without a prioritization or without contacting me or without uh letting us know what it is then mm-hmm. you are automatically out of the team and mm-hmm. when you come back you will have to sit down for the next five uh, consecutive weeks before mm-hmm. we accept you back again or before you present anything
3: mm-hmm. and
6: so uh, sometimes the rule I reinforce it so much, but sometimes there are loopholes where our parents will decide to take their kids out for two, three Sundays, and they have—I mean, for two Sundays they have not told me. And mm-hmm. when they come back, I ask them. They say there was an emergency here, and there. so there are some loopholes where I allow because I do not want to be so hard. But the ground rule is that three, three, three consecutive practices—you are not there. Or even if you come and you don't come on. We are ministering on a Sunday morning. You are not there by the time that we are practicing and praying together. Even mm-hmm. if you come five minutes after that, you're not ministering with us. I
8: mean,
6: right. It's not a very, it is not very acceptable by especially parents when they try to run in the morning and they come and fight. We are prayed until so their children are not, not going to minister that day, but mm-hmm. I put my foot down. It's, it is only in God's kingdom where we, where we take things very literally. Uh-huh. And I try to teach them that they will respect uh the secular world. If I'm going to work and I'm going always fifteen minutes later, I'll be fired the next time. And so uh-huh. in the God kingdom we have to take it very seriously. If I say it is ten thirty or it is nine thirty because the church begins at ten thirty, mm-hmm. if you are not there when we are saying amen.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, for yes. that week you yeah. we are not
6: going to minister. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's good. Yeah. Sometimes you have to you have to kind of be serious about it to um
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, to impress upon them the seriousness of it. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's that's really good. Um all right. Um oh, let's see. Okay, we've got a few more. Let me see what's over here. Um, you know, I think I'd like to save a few for next week. Um we did Pretty well here. Oh no, I just lost my place. Oh no, where was I? Um, this Marshall. Oh, it's is Santa. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think I'm going to save the rest of these for next week. Um, it was good that I did this um, catch up week, uh, because there were just so many questions. And sometimes some nights we'll we'll discuss for a long time, but this went pretty quick tonight. So we did really well. So. Um I'm going to end a couple minutes early if that's okay. I just I just wanna to go to bed. <laughs> I <I'm> so tired <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> and uh, we covered quite a bit and um so we're gonna pick up next week. And I just so appreciate you guys coming on the call tonight and uh appreciate your input. It's been wonderful and I'm so looking forward to seeing as many of you as can come to the graduation. It's it's like family reunion at a graduation. It's gonna be so much fun. Um, plus, you know, we're going to do lots and lots of streamer activations and we're going to go a little deeper into prophetic dance, um, so more prophetic dance activations and whatnot. So I'm really excited about that. So um, thanks for uh, keeping me in prayers. I go up to North Dakota um, in next week, actually. I guess I go next Thursday and, uh, oh yeah, that's right, next week there's no chat because I'll be in North Dakota. Um a week after, Pastor Lynn. Oh, it is the week after. Yes, that's right. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Yes, we do have chat next week. Okay, yes. It's North Dakota's week after. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's Sunday the 23rd. There's no chat because I'll be flying in, flying home. So, And then we also have another one on the 30th. So that's like four chats in the month of August, but it's needed to do to get up on these things. So, um, but, yes, uh, there is a chat next week, but no chat on the 23rd. Um, so, anyway, keep up the good work. You guys are doing fantastic. Um, and who would like to close in prayer? Can somebody just volunteer? Please. I don't oh, I know Tanya's prayed. I think Atira's prayed. Bobby's prayed. Rosemary's prayed. I know that. Mary... Hey, I'll
1: okay, Marcy. Okay. Oh, you got my voice. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting
3: to recognize people's voices. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead,
1: please. Oh, hallelujah. Father Guy, we just are so grateful. We're so grateful for you, you and us, and us and you, Lord. I just thank you for all those that are on the chat tonight and those that can't be here, Lord, that we just hear your voice, your still small voice. May we stop what we're doing and just listen to your still small voice. May we give, may you give all of us rest, peace, strength, comfort, mercy, Lord. And this this hour right now is many of us are tired and just need to go to bed. So we just thank you for a double portion of sleep and restoration, and bless Pastor Lynn with all that she does, all that's coming and all that is in front of her, Lord. And thank you for just this family of DFH, Lord. We we love you, and we honor and adore you, and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bless you. Good night.
2: Bye-bye.